Hello, hello. Yes, we're back for Pet Chat. Welcome to the show, Cheryl Shaw, Dr. David Tabret. Lovely to have you both in. You're both looking sprightly. Oh, sprightly. Sprightly. It's a good word, isn't it? Yeah, we like that. Mm. I feel like I should stand up and do some star jumps for you. Feel free. You know, feel free. We've got the webcam here. I'm sure people (laughs) would love to see you doing some star jumps today. Uh, You think they've had their lunch? I'm going to stay seated. (laughs) These seats are quite comfy. Fair enough. Look, David, you were mentioning that uh, you've been to the beach recently. It's that time of year. The weather's been nice on the weekends. Beautiful. Beautiful, and uh, we're very lucky to have a couple of good dog beaches around Newcastle. So We certainly are, but uh, along with beach comes beach safety for our pets, and we're going to talk about that in just a few minutes, I believe. That's right, we are. Welcome to the show, Christine in Maryland. You've got a question uh, about greyhounds today. I do. I have a pair of rescue greyhounds. I've had them for about five years. One of them, am I allowed to say poo? Poo's perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one has always been dodgy, more diarrhea than solid, but, you know, reasonable. Yep. Um, recently, the older one has just had a ton of teeth out. Um, and since that's happened, he's, it's just diarrhea all the time. Um, I've looked up on, on the, online and it says rice and pumpkin is good for diarrhea. So I've tried all that, but nothing's really making much difference. Mm. Just wonder if there's something else I can add to his diet to firm him up a bit. When he was on painkillers, he was perfect. <laughs> yeah. So the one that had the teeth out, is that the one that's had the chronic diarrhea before? Or the yes. other one? It is. Yeah. Um, so certainly diet can be helpful in these kind of circumstances, increasing the amount of fibre, both soluble and the insoluble fibre. And so the idea of things like pumpkin and uh, beans are good and sometimes even Metamucil powder All right. sprinkled yeah. on their food. I'd just be questioning, though, although this is kind of exacerbated since the dental treatment and that's a stress on the system, but there's probably some underlying condition there that we would be concerned about. So I'd just uh, wonder about, I mean, the first thing we usually look at is things like worms and making sure that they've been wormed frequently. And um, apart from just worming your dogs frequently, one of the other things that a lot of people miss uh, is that they can still harbour and, if you like, recycle worms. And um, particularly uh, whipworm, which can cause... um, inflammation of the colon the bowel and the problem with whipworm is that it's not always that easy to find when we go looking for it Um, we do uh, stool um, floats fecal floats looking for worm eggs and so on so Mm -hmm. certainly check getting that checked first of all and obviously regular worming I think in the context of these days you know we've got these injections that give you heartworm prevention and that's great We've got a lot of these new medications which prevent fleas and ticks and so on, um, and a lot of them do cover our worming um, problems, but we probably do need to think, you know, common things occur commonly, so that would be the first thing I'd check out. There yeah, are we, we do worm him religiously once a month, yeah. Yeah, there are a number of other conditions that could then be followed up that might be causing a problem. So we do see inflammatory bowel disease, and, um, you know, apart from dietary therapy, there may be some medical therapy that's needed. So I do think there's been a stress on the system. That's made things a bit worse. But I would go back to square one. It might, it, diet would help, but we need to look a bit further. And that's going to involve uh, a trip to the vet and probably some further investigation. And in some cases, we end up doing colonoscopies and taking biopsies and those sort of things 
Um, and yeah, as I said, there's a number of different diseases. So too many to go into and all their treatments are going to be different. So we'll just oh, okay. yeah follow it up with your vet. Um, you can you can go ahead and add those dietary things like you were doing, but as it's, maybe Metamucil might help a little bit, but um, I think it's more a medical investigation. Thanks for your call, Christine, and good luck. 49216216 is our number for Pet Chat today. We've got a free line right now if you've got a question for Dr David Tabrit. Now, it's that time of the year, Cheryl, where we're heading off to the beach. The weather's been quite lovely the last couple of weekends. Uh, It's certainly a Disneyland for plenty of dogs. But along with that comes a lot of safety issues, and we do need to be quite mindful when we take our our dogs to the beach. Absolutely, Sarah. Look, dogs love to frolic in, you know, along the beach and foraging in the sands and the wash-ups, but we need to be very careful when they are doing that, because in that um, that wash-up that comes, the tidal wash, is often things that are very dangerous for dogs. Now, one of them is fish hooks. Often discarded fish hooks pose a real problem because the dog may get them in their foot or they may actually chew something that's attached to the fish hook and then ingest it. If that happens, don't go pulling on that fishing line. If it is attached to fishing line, get to the vet really quickly. Now, that's important, isn't it, Dave? Mm. Yeah, in, very, very important not to pull on the line. Yeah, because that's, you can do so much damage without realising you're trying to remove it, but the damage is happening. Yeah, if that hook is embedded in, say, the wall of the stomach and you're trying to pull it, that can create problems. I'd also say don't cut the line yes. as well because then, you know, we may, if it's caught, say, in the esophagus, there's ways that we can get it out, maybe without surgery. Um, but if the line's cut, then we're kind of stuck. Yeah, and sometimes it's not fish hooks. There's those terrible lures as well. They're really nasty. They've got mm. sort of many barbs on them, and they can cause a lot of issues for your dogs as well. Have you seen some of these cases as well, David? Fish, fish hooks, very commonly. Okay. Yeah, very, right. very, very commonly. So, I mean, I guess the lesson to Cheryl is for people who are out there fishing at the beach or whatever, Round the rocks, clean up after yourselves. Yeah. And another thing, you're just saying about rocks, David. Now, rocks, you know, fish ponds and rock pools are fantastic to play in and mm. you can have a lot of fun, but they can be really dangerous both for you and your dog. Barnacles, oyster shells, you know, you step on those and, and particularly when the dog's pads are soft from being in water, they're very, very soft and they can do a lot of damage. You know, those oyster shells are razor, razor sharp. So that's another area that you need. If your dog seems to be limping or holding its foot up, definitely check it. Don't just assume, oh, you know, it's okay, it's just holding its paw looking cute. Really check that because it does happen and I've seen it. I've seen some really nasty, um, you know, incidents with dogs' paws. Now, dogs love to roll in things as well, you know. They really love those stinky things and seaweed really attracts dogs. Seaweed can be potentially dangerous as well, not just the rolling. I mean, obviously, that's going to be offensive to us, the smell, but it's when they eat it. When seaweed is dry it, um, and then it's eaten, it actually expands in the stomach, so that can create another problem for dogs. And whilst we go, oh, you know, it's just seaweed, it can you know, be a potential issue for that, um, that tummy if it expands. Another thing is sea lice. Now, sea lice, jellyfish, blue bottles. They sting us, but they also sting your dog. So I reckon it's a great idea just to keep in your beach bag a little bottle of vinegar and you can spray that on your dog as well as yourself if you happen to get it to be stung. But 
Um, jellyfish, even when you think, oh, they're dead, they still can sting you. So you need to be careful. If your dog's one of those nudges, now I have a dog who nudges all the time. He uses his nose to tap everything. That can then create a problem. And if they have an allergic reaction to that on their nose, we've got big issues. So Mm. just watch. And I know sea lice are around at the moment. Down at Belmont Bars, um, a dog that came into my work the other day had all sea lice bites all over them. So, you know, just be very, very mindful of, you know, where your dog is swimming and the reaction your dog is having when it comes out of the water. Now, with the water, don't assume that every dog can swim because not all dogs can swim. So, you know, be mindful before Mm. you take the plunge that your dog can swim. Maybe it's safer just to be on the edge or even buy a life jacket. But if you're going to, you know, use a life jacket or a, a buoyancy vest for your dog, make sure it fits properly because so often, you know, they can actually, if they're not fitted properly, make the dog roll. So you want to make sure ah, it's fitted so, properly. So you can Ooh. buy proper vests for yeah, dogs. Yeah, 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 yeah. We use them with hydrotherapy, so it's really yeah, important. Sure. But they must be fitted correctly. It's not just, you know, a fashion statement of the dog sitting in the life jacket. If they're not suited, you know, sitting properly, the dog will actually go over to Tip the over. side mm. and then it's in really big trouble. Now, sunscreen, slip, slop and slap for us, but your dog dog needs it too, especially if a dog has been clipped. So if you've had a dog that has um, had its you know, guard hair taken off, got a short summer clip for easy maintenance, it also runs the potential of being sunburnt. And also those dogs, Dave, with those pink noses and uh-huh. the, you know, your dog's belly, they need yep. a, bit of, a bit of attention with some sunscreen. But don't use your sunscreen. Make sure you're getting one that's pet safe because now I think it's a zinc oxide is, is quite toxic for dogs. Well... And anything in large amounts, and obviously it's not meant to be ingested. Yes. So, you know, if they if they accidentally licked a little bit, I don't think that would be a problem. But the amount that you would need to put on a dog, particularly around, its say, its snout on its nose, um, those pink areas, yeah, you want to make sure it's a safe product to use. Mm. I didn't even know you could get sunscreen for your dog. Yeah. yeah. Some, some dogs get really nasty yeah. skin cancers on their ears, yes. particularly bull terriers, dogs bull, like that. Yeah, bull and terriers are, are bad yeah, for that. Yeah, mm. okay. Now... Running on the beach, some dogs love it. They just take off and they run like out at redhead, off they go, and you can't catch up to them. Now, David, you did say something to me about running on the beach, didn't you? I I don't do it very often. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, not that bit. Not that bit. No, that's right. We were talking about uh, earlier about, uh, you know, going, taking a dog down. If it's a shared beach, okay, Mm. so down at redhead, once you go past the second creek down south, there are vehicles down there. So if your dog's there and it takes off, you need to be careful because the drivers won't necessarily see a small dog That's right. coming out from behind a sand dune. So just be very careful and mindful of uh, surrounding traffic. Yeah, and some dogs, when they have a wide open space, just run and mm. run and run. Now, that can also pose a problem in them getting lost because if you can't keep up with them and they're just running and running, you need to make sure they've got an ID on them. And the other thing is you need to monitor just how much running your dog is doing because can overexert mm. itself and in the hot weather hot sun we've got a real potential for heat exhaustion now don't let your dog drink the salt water either so we're going to oh, talk Gizmo about that loves it i try to stop him oh, and give good. him fresh water but he just yeah. goes nuts yeah it's really important sarah that you try to give him that fresh water take a bowl and you know offer it regularly make sure you tip the sand out of it as well and just keep giving it to him yeah because with drinking salt water i mean it causes all sorts of issues so dave you're the medico tell us what happens so we uh see this a bit and certainly with my own dog she loves to dip her head into the ocean and have a Mm. bit of a slurp 
Guaranteed it'll cause diarrhoea. Mm, great uh, in the car on the way absolutely home. Absolutely <laughs> no. No, we, do, we don't look forward to that. But uh, salt water is actually quite an irritation to the gastrointestinal tract and um, it will regularly cause vomiting and diarrhoea. So a lot of pets that we've seen that have gone to the beach uh, might come in because they've had this bout of vomiting and diarrhoea. Now, interestingly and um, expanding on that is that once they actually ingest salt water, if they drink a fair bit of it, that can actually drive up the salt level in in their blood and mm. damage their brain. Mm. Wow. And I have seen this. Okay. So uh, they have to drink a reasonable amount, but it's it's a real risk. So yeah. another thing to watch out for. Yeah, so dehydration, toxicity, vomiting and diarrhoea, they're not nice things. That's Ooh. a real cocktail of, of, of I'm things never taking my dog well, to the beach again. We're, we're supposed to <laughs> have a nice day at the beach. Yeah, but you've got to out for these dogs because some people don't realise and their dog's drinking the salt water. And they don't realise. And if they Mm -hmm. don't realise and we're not telling them, well, we're letting them down. So it's really important. The other thing that we've got to talk about is just remembering we wear thongs. The dogs don't. Their little feet get so hot on that sand Mm -hmm. and on a hot summer's day, you know, we need to go back to that, um, you know, the five second rule. If it's too hot to hold your hand on and it's too hot for your dog to walk on. Absolutely. Because we need to then be mindful. If it's hot, we need to go to the beach either early morning, late afternoon or, you know, early evening, not during that hot mm. weather. Those dogs can't walk on that sand that's that's blistering their feet. So it's really important to choose the right time to go. Good advice there and lots that I hadn't thought of. So mm. really good and really timely. And Cheryl, can I just mention you look so good today. You, you've themed with oh, beach. There we go. You've got your shell necklace on. You've got a beachy shirt and you've got Ooh. a crab brooch today. I have. Some, someone noticed. Well done. Yeah, she always does. Oh, I you? missed oh, Of course. You did. He's a man. I'm male. You I missed didn't. it. I missed it. Ah, look. Sorry. That's all right. We're used to you guys missing the point every now and then. A big hello to Betty from Bonnells Bay. You've got an eight week old puppy so things are busy for you Betty well I'm getting him at Christmas time <laughs> oh busy Christmas then yes he's a Christmas present from my grandson oh, oh lovely what sort of, what yes. sort of puppy uh, are um, you getting Betty he's a Maltese Shu oh Sarah's gizmo is a Maltese <laughs> Shih Tzu yeah <laughs> good on you yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I had another little dog and I had to have him put down and it, I really missed them, you know. Oh. <laughs> but look, they're telling me that I'm, I'm not supposed to let any dogs near him mm-hmm. for three weeks or so. Is that true? That's probably wise. Um, so this is about making sure that his immune system is protected, uh, that he's protected by his immune system. So what happens is that when puppies are born, they actually uh, have some immunity from their mother that they acquire through the placenta and also through the milk just in the first day or three, which is the colostrum. So that's the antibody-rich milk. Now, those are what we call maternal antibodies. They come from the mother, Uh, but they actually start to disappear somewhere between maybe four or five weeks up to about 10 weeks when you know we can measure them but it's probably easier just to make sure we're covered by vaccination um yes that's 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 right at that age of eight weeks he would have had one now what actually happens though and this is why we have to keep them uh, apart from other dogs and so on who may be carriers is that the maternal antibodies can they don't really distinguish between the vaccine or the wild virus that could cause disease. And so what happens is 
if at eight weeks or whatever age he is when he has the vaccination, if he's still got a lot of maternal antibodies, it might actually knock out the effect of the vaccine. And so um, that's why we repeat those vaccines to stimulate a secondary immunity and to make sure we get away from this problem of maternal antibody blocking. And, yes. So um, he's got to have another lot of vaccines, hasn't he? What age is that? So usually they're done, it varies a little bit, but usually they're done about three to four weeks apart and yeah. you, you have three sets. Three sets, Yeah, right. so you would have had one and then you'll need another yeah. two after that. Two, two, I see, yeah. It's just that I have a little dog that comes out. She's 13 years old. She's very quiet, but she comes one day a week, you know, and stays here. Yeah. I think it's Uh, important just to probably check in with your vet about this question, Um, but the thing I would look at is whether that other dog is vaccinated, and usually, you know... Oh, she is vaccinated. I know that for a fact. Excellent. Um, That's one thing. And just to make sure that they're, you know, disease prevention, we were talking about worms before those things because puppies are just so susceptible to all of these problems. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they don't have as much reserve as an adult dog. I've I've bought a portable cot, so I thought (laughs) if I kept him... (laughs) That's a great idea. And if I kept him in that, you know, and if she was here, she sleeps under the telephone. She's got a bed underneath the telephone table yeah I I think you're probably going to be okay Um, it's really just making sure that we prevent exposure to any of these viruses and if there's dogs that are unknown so for instance a lot of people you know they'll take puppies out and they go down to the park and yeah, oh, there's no. other dogs around or their dogs have mm. been there and left virus behind, so you just don't yeah, well, know. Well, I realise that, you yes. know. Yes. I yes. just think it's fabulous that Betty's getting so prepared before she I gets know. her What's puppy. That, like she's, six weeks you away? Know, she's getting across it all. It's very important to do, isn't it? Absolutely. You've got to get off on the right foot. Speaking of taking your puppies to the park, I still remember years ago uh, I was at the park and someone had brought their puppy and, and like Gizmo and the puppy went to say hi and they were quite offended and they said, oh, the, the dog not vaccinated, the puppy's not vaccinated yet. And I thought, well, you're the idiots that have brought it to the park. Mm. Like, seriously. <laughs> yes. And you upset that my dog sniffed your dog. It's like, mm. you know, anyway, that's just a gripe clearly I haven't let go of. It's only been eight years. So, um, um <laughs> so offended. Oh, Gizmo, Gizmo wouldn't infect your puppy. Anyway, you know. So good on, good on you, Betty. Four nine two one six two one six. We're taking your calls for pet chat. Now we've been talking about beach safety. Honestly, so many things that I hadn't even considered uh, when taking my dog to the beach to, to be careful of. Uh, we've covered quite a few things, but puffer fish safety and, and sand. Yeah, there's look, an issue with sand. Sand. We've got plenty of it, uh, and for some reason, dogs love to eat it. And they'll, you know, Cheryl and I were just talking about this. So they get into the beach and they start digging and snuffling around. And yes, yes. They're picking up sand. I have actually, Cheryl, I have heard of dogs that will just go and eat the sand. Mm. So maybe there's some behavioural Labradors? <laughs> maybe they're lacking in some minerals. There's yeah, some, Labradors. There's some food down here somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Someone left a hot chip three yes. days ago. Yeah. Um, but the problem is that sand, as you can imagine, it's sandpaper inside your intestine. It's not good, not good at all. And it can actually cause severe blockages. Okay. So uh, now there's a 
bit of contention about how we best treat it, but we just say, look, it's an emergency. Yeah. Okay. So if you've noticed that your dog's um, eaten a lot of sand, it's to the vet. Yeah, yeah. Because oftentimes we might be able to help things move through, and we what we want to do is we want to keep the gut hydrated, so we'd put them on intravenous fluids, that sort of thing. What happens is when that sand gets to the colon and it sits there, the, one of the jobs of the colon is to actually extract water, and so sand turns into concrete inside their oh, bowel. So that's not you know good. not good sandpaper concrete inside your bowel. Oh, yeah. So that's why we we get really worried about that. The other thing you mentioned about puffer fish. Now this uh, we do see quite a bit, really, um, particularly around the lake. Um, so we were kind of talking about beaches, thinking ocean, but there's all. We've also got beautiful lake Yeah, we, we went fishing mm. the other day and caught, I think, six puffer fish. Oh, no. Oh, really? Nothing else. Nothing Probably else. Probably the same one because we kept throwing it back. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> a big feed of fugu uh, over at your house then. Yeah, yes, that's right. So Delicious. this is, this is uh, actually the one and the same. The, uh, t- the puffer fish that we have around, um, toad fish, whatever you want to call them, um, carry a bacterial toxin called tetrodotoxin, and it causes paralysis. Yeah, and I have treated quite a few dogs with this, and we actually had to put one, or a couple, I should say, on a ventilator to so, help it breathe. So did they lick it, or did they try to eat it? If, or? if they lick it, they can get exposed, but most of the time they eat it. Um, if you actually have a, a um, recently dead fish, a lot of these are dried out, like we were saying before, uh, but I have seen dogs that have eaten recent dead puffer fish. Um, even worse when the puffer fish has got a fish hook in it. Oh, oh my goodness. So it's not like you treat the paralysis with the puffer fish, but then you've also got to retrieve the fish hook out of their gut. Oh, mm. goodness. So, yeah, real not- problems. Um, but they're toxic. All of, the, all of the fish is toxic. Do the puffer fish have barbs in them? Yeah. So, and do they hurt as well, mm, or is it more just the toxins no. we're worried about? Yeah, we don't really see problems with the, okay. the barbs. They're actually... They're not sharp, sharp. Okay. So they don't cause too much of a problem. But the toxin does definitely cause a problem. The other thing we do have, and I have seen this, is... So pufferfish will cause a, a relaxant effect, a paralysis. But we also see some dogs that go to the beach and they eat something and nobody's sure what it was. And they come in, they look like they've had snail bait. They're like hyperactive and tremoring and seizuring and everything. And this is actually due to sea hairs. So this is another creature. It's like a... A, a mollusk, okay. Ah. Um, it's a relative of a snail, I guess, but without a shell. So, is it transparent or? No, no. They come. There are quite a few different species. Okay. So, not very well known on the east coast. Over in Western Australia, there's actually signs on the beaches for the danger to dogs because of sea hair ingestion, and it has a toxin that will cause stimulation. So they'll develop seizure activity. So that's a bit nasty. Um, awful. Yeah, and we've obviously the other thing um, we'd be worried about around the beach from a toxicology point of view is there are snakes around. So we get brown snakes and black snakes in the sand dunes. And so, wise to make sure that your pet is either on a lead or close by and you can observe, make sure they don't run off into the undergrowth um, because they may come across a, a, a snake who just wants to defend himself. Yeah, mm. they love to sunbake in those sand dunes. A bit mm. scary. And the browns mm. are the ones that you, you know, little vicious. Mm. They can be. Oh, we yeah, they're all <laughs> they're all nasty. Dogs are actually more sensitive 
to uh, some of the toxins in people. Yes, but mm. I mean a brown's more likely to come at a, oh, a, a okay. dog as well. Like they're, they're quite territorial. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll stay clear of all of them with your pet. <laughs> Fair enough. Mm. Fair enough. Uh, some good advice there. So obviously good to get onto the beach with the dogs, but um, a few things to be mindful of because you obviously see quite a lot of it as well, mm, David. A lot absolutely. coming in when, you know, beach gone wrong. Yeah. Summer times brings – it's not that the uh, creatures, like the puffer fish and that are more out there. It's actually that there's more people out yeah. there. You could start a little TV show on that, couldn't you? Like a, like a Bondi rescue, but, you know – what, for throwing puffer fish back into oh, the ocean? For, for the pets that come in that have been attacked at the beach, you know. Oh, I'll have to give that some yeah, thought. Give it some thought. Welcome to the show, John in Bonnells Bay. You've got a comment about uh, the dangers at the beach, which we've been discussing. Yeah, um, not so much. The beach around Lake Macquarie with the um, razor shellfish. Oh, oh yes. yes. Forgot they that hang one. Around, yeah, they hang around close to the shore and they're very nasty, you um, it makes me shudder when I see people throwing uh, sticks in the water for their dogs to run in and, and retrieve. And uh, we've had a few experiences cutting our rubber shoes on them. They're that sharp. Wow. And uh, people probably don't realise they're there, you no. know. No, I, I actually, that's a really good point, John. I, I wasn't uh, aware, or at least in front of mine, that um, that they were there. Are these the ones you can eat, though? Uh, I don't think so. They stand on their edge and they're yeah. like a, an axe head standing up. Oh. That's the ones. The water. Yeah. And uh, there's been a bit of publicity about it in the last couple of years, but not so much lately, but um, I'm pretty sure they're still there. All right. And their their name tells you where the danger is. They're razor sharp, so yeah. keep yeah, an eye got out. A, they've got a, like a serrated edge that sticks up. Uh, um, they they get, sit in the bottom and they bury themselves halfway in the bottom, but... You, you can easily step on them. Yeah. Yeah. And just quickly, the other point I like to raise is people don't think about their dog's feet on a hot day on the hot pavement. Yeah. Yeah, that's correct, isn't it? It's oh, uh, yeah. same as going on the sand, but you've got to get across the car park to get to the sand, and they might have burnt their feet before you even get to the beach. So. That, that, yeah, that's right. Um, Absolutely. I've noticed a guide dog one day standing at the lights lifting his feet off. That's what made me think about it, yeah. Oh, good on you. Thanks, John. Thanks yeah. for the call. Thank you very much. You know, if you can do what I do, stick the dog in the pram as well. Get them all in. <laughs> yes. Go for gold. Good fun. Poor kids getting kicked out of the pram. <laughs> yeah, Max, you walk. Gizzy's in. <laughs> At least Max has got the shoes on. Well, that's right. You know, yeah. Gizzy's older. Yeah. Max has got heaps of energy. So Max is a child, by the way. They both have dog names, but Max is the kid. Gizzy's <laughs> most the dog. <laughs> It's time to look at our dogs of the week. We've got two this week. And the first one is Laker, I'm going to say. I'm going to pronounce it Laker. Um, she's a goofy one-year-old Labrador cross Kelpie. Now, she loves everybody. She even looks happy in um, her photos. She's smiling. She loves walks, playing with people and other dogs, and knows several cool tricks. Uh, she's a typical Labrador temperament and likes to follow everyone around all day. She loves cuddles. She loves to stick her nose into whatever you're doing. And guess what? She loves food. Sadly, though, she does get quite anxious um, and manages this by spinning, chasing her tail. So she's had some training and she's made some leaps and bounds uh, since going 
going into care, but that is something you would have to work on. Her anxiousness is triggered by other dogs barking and loud noises. So her forever home would have to be a calm place, uh, lots of affection where there is tolerance for anxious behaviour, and I guess uh, some training would have to be supplied there as well. So if you're interested, Lakers on there, she's a gorgeous-looking dog, head to our website, 2NURFM.com, and click on the Dog of the Week. Now, our second dog is Chloe. She's a placid six-month-old Great Dane Mastiff. She doesn't look that happy in a photo. I think she looks a bit tired. Mm. She's worn out. She's just woken up. Yeah, she has. Mm. Look, she's an extremely gentle and loving dog. She loves attention. She's happy to couch surf with a loving arm around her or chasing toys with her friends. She likes exploring the gardens and yard, playing zoomies. What's zoomies? Running around. Oh. Like yeah. I'm so out of going, th- So out of touch. Oh, cool. All right. They um, zoom around. She loves zooming around oh. and going on adventures. Uh, she does do a few trips to the farm and she loves splashing in the dam and having a fantastic time exploring and playing with the many friends, both large and small. So she's a great traveller in the car. She's happy to wear a harness and be safely secured. She's very well socialised, which is great. So she's happy to be around other friendly dogs. She loves children, but like all puppies, she can get a little overexcited and and playfully jump up so obviously you need to monitor that but look Chloe is gorgeous as well so please if you're in the market you're looking for a dog uh, consider these two head to 2NURFM.com we're taking calls we've got Ted from Gwandolin you've got a comment on razor shell fish we've been talking about beach and and, uh, lake and water safety you've got a comment on uh, the razor shell fish which we were discussing Ted yeah um, the razor fish I've lived on the lake all my life and uh just getting back to that question, whether you can eat them. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we used to go out and we used to pick them up, and they're like a hard shell, uh, crustacean thing. Yeah. You break them open, and in the middle of them is a little medallion piece of meat about uh-huh. the size of a 50-cent coin. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so uh, you pull that off. Yep. And uh, on the barbie, you flip it over a couple of times. They're not too bad. There you go. There. Oh, yeah. There you go. I, 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 yeah. Just, I thought you could, but, uh, so, yeah. For the size of them, there's not much meat in them. Right, okay, yeah. But they are very dangerous, yeah. as that bloke said. Yep. Mm. Great comment. Thanks, Ted. Um, I have seen recipes for these. I, look, I know this is pet chat, but... Hey, look, that's okay cooking if you want to a, dabble into a, a bit hobby, of cooking. Yeah, a little hobby of yours. So that sounds sounds good, but, yeah, the low yield. I'm more for the high yield proteins. <laughs> yeah, I want a big payoff if I'm shelling these things. I yeah, don't want just a teeny tiny sure piece. As, sure as eggs, you're going to cut yourself, cut yourself on them. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Hey, Definitely. interesting about the dogs of the week. Um, did you recognise the name of the first dog was uh, Laker? Was the f- uh, the name of the first dog in space? space. Yes, it was. was ah, there you go. Mm. Mm. A little bit of trivia there. Well, maybe that's why she does the zoomies. No, that's the ah, other one. That's the Chloe. other one was doing the zoomies. Yes. Ah, okay. Lovely. I don't know. Was the first dog in space a black dog? Black, no. Black lab. No, no. Oh. No. So that's not. I that think connection. the only connection there is the name. Well, you know, it, it was a chance to offer a, a fun fact on the radio, which I think yeah. is always good. Oh, yeah. I've got yeah. plenty of those. Yeah, of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, we've been talking today all about uh, beach safety, water safety for our dogs. But the point is you can still go out and have fun. Don't not take them. Yeah, absolutely. But you just need to start thinking about a couple of things because, honestly, like I didn't even know about the sun cream. Yeah. And Gizmo's mm-hmm. a white dog. Do you take an umbrella? 
<laughs> no. Please do. For, for the dog or yep. for me? Oh, both. Oh, okay. They need some shade too. They need when they're having a rest when you're laying on your beach towel. Because yeah. he needs somewhere to lay as well, on his beach towel under the umbrella. He's got his own lounge at home, but no, we don't have the umbrella. Okay, mm. just another thing to think about. Yep. Yeah, because they do get hot. I do know that one time I thought Gizmo had a tick and it was just that he was over overexhausted and hot. Well, I mean, the hypothermia, the heat stress, is a, is a real problem that we see with dogs and, um, you know, it can actually cause severe, severe critical illness. So mm. uh, all of these things about prevention and so on apply going to the park going to the beach everywhere some really good thoughts that's it for pet chat today cheryl shaw dr david tabret thank you for your words of wisdom as always you're welcome thanks for listening to this podcast from 2nurfm at the university of newcastle topics range from gardening to health well-being pet care finance business and travel you'll find them all at 2nurfm.com